Hello and welcome to the Informed Traveler podcast, part of the Informed Traveler radio show, which is heard each week on Chorus Radio. It's a travel podcast where our goal is to help you become a more informed traveler. And I'm your host, Randy Sharman. On this week's podcast, Amtrak Rail in the U.S. is celebrating their 50th anniversary this year. So we'll check in with them to see what it's like to tour across America on a train. I think it'd be a great way to see the U.S. Plus, our resident travel expert, Onanta Forbes, is on the road this week taking a trip through a few of our national parks like Banff and Jasper. So we'll chat with her a bit later on in the podcast about her adventure. But we're going to start our podcast out this week talking about the different types of COVID tests that you need to take to travel these days. It can be a bit confusing and the rules are changing for vaccinated travelers returning to or coming into Canada. So to help us sort it all out is Jason Komet. He is the owner and pharmacist at Polaris Travel Clinic. Their website is polaristravelclinic.ca. Hi, Jason. Hi, Randy. Let's see if we can wade, few, wade through some of the confusion here. Let's, uh, let's talk about the basics about uh, what kind of COVID tests that are, that are out there, uh, and then we'll get into the nuts and bolts of what's required for travelers. But what are the, what are the basic tests that, uh, that people uh, need to be aware of? Okay, well, there's a couple main tests, I think, that people should be aware of. Uh, first of all, the PCR test, which is sort of the gold standard. That's the one which is pretty definitive in regards to um, for proof of travel and that sort of thing. And the chances of there being uh, a false positive or false negative are, are relatively low. Um, so there's that type. And then there's also these rapid tests, the antigen tests. These are the ones where whenever you hear about rapid testing and that sort of thing, it's the kind that you can get done. And usually the results can be like available in 15 minutes. Now, these tests are useful, but they're not necessarily considered the gold standard. So um, a lot of times you have to pay attention for what is being looked for, but more often than not, uh, for requirements for traveling, that sort of thing, what we found is the PCR test is by far the most common one uh, that, is, that is required by other countries, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. And that's where the confusion lies, right? So just remember, PCR test is the one, that's the one that you're, you're going to need. Chances are on arrival to your destination. Let's talk about the, what's required for returning now, and then there's some changes coming on August the 9th. Correct, yeah. So right now, I think the easiest thing to do if you're returning to Canada um, as a Canadian, there is the app for your phone, the ArriveCan app. It has all of the latest up-to-date information about what's going to be expected of you upon arrival. Um, and there's also the ability to enter some of your information in regarding vaccination and that sort of thing. So I think that when you're coming back, if you follow along with what that app says on your return, it will guide you in the right direction. So I think that would be how I would approach your arrival plans. And I guess the thing I'd always want to uh, emphasize to people is when we talk about fully vaccinated, it's got to be two weeks after your second dose, right? So you, even if you have your second dose, it ha- you have to have that 14-day period of time. And then the other thing is too, and I realize this is probably not a huge uh, consideration, but it has to be one of the Health Canada approved vaccines. If you have been vaccinated with one of the Chinese or Russian vaccines, which haven't been approved in Canada, if you get a dose like that when you're overseas, um, that won't be recognized by the Canadian government. It has to be you know, either Pfizer or Moderna or AstraZeneca or 
Johnson and Johnson. Mm-hmm. And now it gets uh, well for unvaccinated travelers. I guess uh, nothing really changes. You're going to have to provide proof of testing and and so on and so forth, right? Right. And the thing right now is, you know, the one problem that that's going to exist for a little while longer, at least, is if you're under 12 years of age and you're too young to get the vaccine. Mm-hmm. You really, we don't have a lot of options for you at this time, not until they lower the age of ability to be vaccinated. It's not quite as simple as saying, well, you know, my 10-year-old isn't eligible to get the vaccine. Uh, as, far as, there, as far as the government is concerned in regards to entry, they're like an unvaccinated 40-year-old. To the government of Canada's credit, they've really simplified the process. Returning to Canada, not so simple when you're going to the destination because it depends on the destination, right? It totally depends on the destination. Every country has got its own set of rules and and requirements. Um, what we've been finding is that most countries are requiring some kind of test upon arrival at the airport or a test that's been done within 72 hours of, of arrival into the country. So at this point, uh, I think the best things to look at is to talk to someone who is involved in the, this sort of thing from a travel health perspective, like a travel clinic. You know, talk to your travel agent. They can sometimes provide you some insight. And then the other thing is to uh, go to the country you're going to their website uh you know sometimes there if you have to apply for a visa or something mm-hmm. like that it, it'll mention what the requirements are and uh those are probably your best sources of information at this time but we are finding you know some some places will do a test upon in, uh, arrival and a lot of places will want to have a test that's d- done usually a pcr test that's been done within 72 hours of arrival. So that leaves you with a really tight window of time in order to get that test done and get all the paperwork together. Mm-hmm. Is there a, 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 like a gold seal or something to look for on a PCR test to know that you have the the proper one that they're looking for? Yeah, like I think the main thing to, to look at is PCR testing usually is what, what you want. Uh, and usually the place that you're getting it done at, they should provide you with some kind of documentation certificate that should work for travel. So, you know, I think one thing that's important is when you are looking at booking that kind of appointment, you need to make sure that they provide documentation and you need to be clear that this is for travel. And uh, so it's not just, um, you know, there's certainly a lot of COVID testing that's going on right now, not related to travel. You need to make sure that it's specified for travel. And, and ideally, you should be able to mention the country where you're going and, and that they should help guide you in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Good advice. Jason Komet is the owner and pharmacist of Polaris Travel Clinic and Pharmacy. Uh, more information on their website, polaristravelclinic.ca. Thanks for the tips, Jason. Appreciate it. My pleasure. So instead of showcasing a hotel or resort like we normally do each week, this week we're going to see what it's like to travel across the U.S. and spend a night or two on board a train, and that is with Amtrak. They are celebrating their 50th anniversary this year. So to tell us more about what it's like to explore America by rail is Jason Abrams. He is the public relations manager for Amtrak. Their website is Amtrak.com. Hi, Jason. Hi, how's it going? 
It's going very well. Congratulations on your 50th anniversary with Amtrak. Must be very exciting. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's not every company gets a chance to celebrate 50 years of uh, great service, of employees who've worked very hard to make sure that we're still in existence today. And, of course, our, our customers who uh, believe in us, who like to travel, you know, who think of us when they want to travel. And um, this anniversary really marks a moment of optimism and opportunity as we look to the build, build to the future as well. So it's not just a link to the past, but it's also – uh, for the future as well. Mm-hmm. Well, take me back 50 years to that when that first train rolled out for Amtrak. Yeah, it was kind of a crazy time. Um, Amtrak started because um, all of the old railroads decided to get out of the business, and we had um, you know the assets in the country. We had the infrastructure. We had the railroad. We had the trains, and it's kind of a hodgepodge uh, mix and match of all of these assets that, that weren't ours to make sure that we were running to be America's railroad. And, you know, and starting from that hodgepodge to where we are today, you know, it's, it's really just a commitment to the people who, who started in those early stages and really kind of set the foundation of where we could be as a company, where we could go. Um, and that really helped set the tone in terms of customers who, who, were big fans of the rail or maybe were in and tried and track out and said, Hey, I, I like this. I want to take the train more, you know, it's, it's more sustainable. It's more efficient. Um, you know, it's more convenient as well. You can don't have to worry about traffic and driving. And these were all things that were true 50 years ago and they're still true today. Well, for sure. Uh, I am a big railway buff. So, uh, yeah, I think this would be a great way to see America and tour around. And you do have spots, uh, stations in Canada. So for Canadians, we can start in Canada and, and go across the border and, and explore your country by, by rail, which is very convenient. Yep. Uh, Montreal, Toronto, and Vancouver as well. And we're working closely with Canadian officials and our other partners to kind of solidify a, a process and a plan so we can have our passengers travel to Canada or from Canada as well. Mm-hmm. Well, take well. Tell me about the onboard experience. Now, I am looking at your website, Amtrak.com. There's private rooms. There's different seating options, and then there's the Explore America Rail Pass, which I think would be very convenient. You talk about convenience, uh, and if you don't want to be stuck in traffic or worry about driving, uh, I'm assuming that this is a kind of pass where you can just hop on, hop off at various destinations. Do Do I have kind of the gist of it right? Yeah, it's, it's something that um, is in strong demand and something that our customers like. And so it allows people, you are right, it allows people to have an affordable way to take what we call a multi-segment train journey across the country. So this way, if let's say you want to go to New York, from New York to Chicago, stop off in Chicago, have a few days there, and then go from Chicago to, let's say, um, somewhere in California, and then spend time in California, and then you could go to, let's say, Seattle or Portland, you know, and kind of travel that way. So um, it re- it's, it's up to 10 rides to see the country and explore sites at many of Amtrak's 500 destinations. Mm-hmm. Tell me about the private rooms on board and what they're like. Yep, so we have different types of private rooms. So there's roomettes, there's um, view... Uh, as part of the viewliner cars, there's roomettes, 
there's bedrooms, um, and it really kind of depends on what you want, right? So you could have like, you know, a two beds and, and a restroom, or you could have, you know, something more spacious if that's something that you want as well. Um, they're comfortable, they're safe to travel in, people like them. And of course, you know, in today's day and age, they're really helpful with safety as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also come with a private room attendant who not only, um, you know, takes care of the room, but takes care of the passengers as well and making sure that they have everything they need. In fact, um, during the pandemic, we introduced over an overnight train on throughout the Northeast corridor where you can get on a private room um, and take that overnight. So this way you can travel, let's say, between New York and Washington or Philadelphia and Boston or, or any city pairs on the Northeast corridor, and that private room option is available. And they have been really popular, um, you know, and the last that I heard is that they were sold out until October. So if people want to get them, they still can, but you will have to book in advance. Mm-hmm. What I was going to ask, too, is there a particular time of year when uh, it's busier, so you should plan ahead, depending on if you just want a normal uh, day seat type of arrangement or uh, a private room? Well, what we've seen specifically lately is an increase in holiday travel. So leading up to the 4th of July, which I know is not really celebrated in Canada, but it's obviously America's Independence Day, um, you know, we were at 85% in terms of ridership where we were uh, compared to our fiscal year in 2019, which is really exciting to see. Overall, our ridership is close to 60% of where we were in fiscal year 2019, which is better than our early projections throughout the year. So we know people are traveling more. We know that people feel comfortable on the train. They feel safe. They like taking it. Um, and so I would think with the holidays in mind to book advance of that, you know, as we see with Thanksgiving coming up, mm-hmm. uh, even Labor Day as well. Um, but also just in general, we see that, that travel is picking up. So um, customers are always encouraged to book early because that's when you have the most amount of savings as well. Tell me about how the onboard dining works. Is it assigned seating? Is it uh, like a cruise where you go at a certain time or is it first come, first serve? How does that work? So right now we were stored our uh, onboard dining on our Western routes. And so we're offering our uh, a new menu on those trains. So um, it's really six trains, the California Zephyr, the Coast Starlight, Empire Builder, Southwest Chief, Sunset Limited, and the Texas Eagle, specifically for service between San Antonio and Los Angeles. So there they'll experience a redesigned menu featuring chef-prepared meals for breakfast, lunch, and a three-course dinner. Um, There's selections for kids. There's a new array of appetizers um, and also a complimentary alcoholic drink um, with dinner. And table service is offered in the dining car with glassware, cutlery, and white linen tablecloths. So it's really exciting that we're able to resume that, that traditional dining on our Western routes. Uh, and making those investments to improve customer satisfaction as well. On the eastern routes, we still have um, flexible dining, so that allows customers to take the meals back to their seats if they want. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's something that those are one-night one, one night 
trips as opposed to Western routes, which are typically two. So we're going to keep the um, flexible dining for now in the Eastern routes, but it's something that we'll continue to evaluate. Uh, anything that I've missed you might want to add? Um, it's still federal law in the U.S. for customers and employees to wear a mask at all times while on board and in stations, regardless of vaccination status or state or local law. So uh, if you do join us on board, um, you know, please remember to still wear your mask um, and keep our employees and other passengers safe as well as yourself. Um, I would also say for those who are traveling to download the Amtrak app if they don't already have it, it makes contact-free travel really easy. You can book, um, board, check train status, access information, all through your mobile device. There's also e-ticketing, so conductors can scan that from the app. And also when booking, um, I know we talked about ridership before, um, you can actually see the percentage of seats sold um, when you book a, a ticket through our app and through Amtrak.com. So if let's say you're unsure about certain times and you see one train is 80% and one train is 60, you know, if you're more comfortable, maybe you take the 60%. If it doesn't matter to you, maybe you take the 80. Um, and, and I think that's a feature that our, our customers have really enjoyed seeing and they like as well. Well, I think it'd be a great way to explore the U.S. and congratulations on the 50th anniversary. It's the 50th anniversary of Amtrak this year. More information on their website, Amtrak.com. And Jason Abrams is the public relations manager for Amtrak. It was a pleasure chatting with you, Jason. Thanks for making the time for us. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. So our resident travel expert, Onanta Forbes, who joins us each week to review the travel news on the radio portion of our show, is on the road this week, touring through a few of our national parks in Alberta. Tell us where you are right now, Onanta. I am enjoying the beautiful view of the golf course at the Jasper Park Lodge. It's <sighs> awesome. It is awesome. I've been there. I know what you're going through, but I was there in the fall. So uh, tell me what it's like in the summertime. I bet you it's nice and green, nice and warm, and the the lake right there looks beautiful, I'm sure. It is. And what you'll notice when you first arrive at the Jasper's Park Lodge are the beautiful flowers that they have uh, throughout the property. Whoever the games groomer is, is absolutely doing a fantastic job. So not only do you get to enjoy the view, the golfing, you can rent a bike and um, go biking, whether it's within the property or outside. Um, you can also go paddle boarding as well as boating and many different activities. You're not going to be bored. <laughs> and they supply all that, don't they? They do, absolutely. Um, I'm a silver member with uh, Fairmont, and so I get the free um, hour paddleboard, free bike ride for an hour. I get a movie for free and get a welcome drink, so I'm pretty pampered. <laughs> well, I, I hear you say you can do that. Did you actually do all of that yet? <laughs> no, I haven't. I've, I've enjoyed the welcome drinks, <laughs> but the bike ride's still on my to-do list. Um, but today we did go to the Glacier Adventure um, site that's just about an hour away from here, and this is where you can take 
um, almost like a monster vehicle, and it goes takes you right up to the glacier. You get to go out, take pictures, um, walk along, even try some glacier water if you choose to. And then afterwards, we walked on the glacier skywalk. It was pretty neat. Glass bottom um, walking area that you can look right down into the canyon. So if you're scared of heights, you can still do it. <laughs> I was just going to say that. Were you, are you scared of heights a little bit? Actually, I was a little bit. I had to hang on to my partner's <laughs> arm. <laughs> I have to say that. Well, the views must be spectacular. I haven't done that yet. It's still on my list of things to do. Yeah, there's, you know, we came midweek to specifically kind of um, see less crowds or be in less um, crowded areas, but it's still pretty busy. Um, so be sure that you book ahead and you plan ahead. Um, when you're when you're um, exploring the national parks, uh, Jasper, as far as the town site, is busy. So um, dinner reservations might be an idea when you go out, and then also the uh, Jasper Sky Cam might be a thing to do as well. We haven't done that, but we're going actually to Maline Lake tomorrow. Nice, uh, Maline Lake is so beautiful. Do you still have to wear masks or anything around there? What's the what's the protocols around the town? So around the town, you don't have to wear a mask. People, some do. All the servers and the industry, um, people that are working in the hospitality industry do as well. When we were going on the glacier adventure, we had to wear masks on the um, the buses that shuttle you from place to place, mm-hmm. as well as when you go up onto the glacier. Pretty well, um, the... People are enjoying having not to wear masks. Nice. I'm going to assume you drove uh, from Banff National Park up to Jasper. That drive is spectacular. I mean, the words just don't describe it. Uh, did you drive uh, up the uh, Icefield Parkway uh, Highway? Yes, we did. And there, you're right. It is spectacular. We were able to see wildlife along the way. And then there's different places that you can stop and enjoy, um, like Pato Lake and um, Bow Lake, it's, it's quite, uh, it's, it, it is, it's exactly what you just said, spectacular. Um, and lots of areas that you can stop and um, have a picnic along the way and just breathe. <laughs> breathe. <laughs> without a mask on. <laughs> yes, without a mask. Yes, it's been good. Uh, and um, now, did you start in Banff or did your little tour start? So we actually, um, it was Calgary and then to Canmore for lunch and then stayed in Banff overnight at the beautiful Banff Springs Hotel. And there we were able to walk everywhere. The the uh, smoke from the forest fires didn't didn't um, bug us too much, so you can still see it. But it, it's not so annoying that you have to stay inside. Um, and one thing we discovered in Banff this time out, there was a gorgeous... Uh, um, art walk that you can walk along and just enjoy different artists' um, pieces along the way. It, it's quite spectacular. So something else to do other than just enjoying the beauty of Banff. Mm-hmm. What's the uh, Banff Springs like these days? Anything new there? I mean, it's always gorgeous around there, isn't it? It is. And if you are an animal lover, one thing I really notice Everybody brings their dogs. There was dogs everywhere, all very <laughs> well behaved and and pampered. But they they were there with their owners. The Bound Springs is a a great destination if you're having a wedding. We did see a couple of weddings happening, and um, the the 
the the hotel itself is well still well maintained and quite a draw. And if you can um, have the opportunity to stay there, I would encourage you to do so. Oh, for sure. And, and the town itself um, is the main road. I can't remember think of the name of the road though. It's almost just a foot traffic, isn't it? It is. It's pedestrian traffic. And one thing that's new um, was that when we were entering town. There was a parking lot that was um, free if you parked there for nine hours and then you'd walk into um, town centre. Because if you parked in around town centre other than that pedestrian street, you do have to pay for parking. So just keep that in mind. Now, uh, any good food that you enjoyed on your uh, tour so far? Oh, I always like food. So any food (laughs) is good for me. um, I'm a steak lover. So if you are in Banff, you'll enjoy the steaks Mm -hmm. uh, as well. But it's so much multicultural. Um, There's also a a nice Indian restaurant that we enjoy. Um, So you can have almost any cuisine you want in Banff as well as in Jasper. Now, is uh, Lake Louise on your list of places to go? Yes, that's so after Malign Lake tomorrow, we're heading to Lake Louise, and we are going to stay at uh, the Chateau Lake Louise. We're very looking, much looking forward to that. Love that view right in front of the um, hotel where it's the lake and the glacier, and then you can go on this great walk, kind of like hugging the lake around. It's a nice, easy walk, nice fresh air. Um, but, uh, yeah, so tomorrow is, is Lake Louise. And always a fun destination to go to. Um, as far as, you know, things to see when you're there, definitely Lake Moraine that you can go to. And we also enjoyed in the past the gondola ride. It's such a peaceful ascent. And then you can have lunch there if you want or, or something to eat and then go on a, a walk as well. Mm-hmm. You're talking about the gondola at Sunshine? That is right. <laughs> uh, well, that's the thing, right? Is uh, no matter where you stay or where you are in Banff, Jasper, Lake Louise, you're not far from a, from a, just a nice, easy stroll. And if you want to get uh, a little more uh, adventurous or strenuous, you can do that too. That's right. Um, just a, another little observation. Parking is at a premium in many places. So if you are going to... Um, Minnewanka Lake or to Jack Lake, be prepared to either go early or be prepared to park and walk maybe a little bit further than you wanted to to your destination. Any other tips or advice or things that stood out for you so far? I'm totally enjoying everything, but you know what? Don't overbook. Leave some time to just explore um, at leisure or just by accident because that's kind of the fun of vacations as well. Well, yeah, you don't want to be so uh, jam-packed that you're going here, there, and everywhere and wearing yourself out, right? Right. And the other thing I would suggest is, if, as much as possible, buy your attraction tickets online, um, buy your park pass online, because you don't want to waste time um, you know, uh, getting in line for many of these things that you do need when you're traveling through, through the different um, national parks. For sure, good advice. So Nanta Forbes, on the road through uh, a few of our national parks. You can find her on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at Onanta Forbes, and her website is onantaforbes.com. Uh, we'll chat with you next week and get an update. Yes, yeah, it'll be fun. Take care, Randy. Mm-hmm. 
And that is this week's Informed Traveller podcast. Remember, this is the podcast version of the Informed Traveller radio show heard each week on Chorus Radio. You can find more information on the show at our website at theinformedtraveller.ca. So thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, let us know. Leave us a review. Tell a friend. And if you want to drop me a line, my email is randy at theinformedtraveler.ca. You can also like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash informedtraveler. Or you can follow me on Twitter at informedtraveler.com.